0: It's time for another episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania, heard every Wednesday at 11 a.m. right here on WRIRLP, 97.3 FM, Richmond, Independent Radio. All
1: Right. Hello, listeners. You're with RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania. I'm Francesca. And I'm Alyssa. And Jessie is out on a conference. Sorry, girl. We miss you so much. She's being all um, leadershipy. We're yep. so proud. Yep, yep. She's leadershipy right now. That's what she's doing. <laughs> so we're going to hold down the fort without yep. you tonight. You know, you know. We're going
0: to miss you, and you're going to miss really good shenanigans, but it's okay. You can listen to them on Wednesdays at 11 a.m., just like everyone else. <laughs> Love you, you Jesse.
1: So guess who we have in studio with us? us tonight. OMG. Welcome
0: back former Fifth District Councilman Chuck Richardson. Chuck.
2: Uh.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well we promised our listeners you would be one
1: day and here you are. Yep back back in demand. Good morning. Good morning. (laughs) In Radio Land it's morning time. I told you
2: all I'll be back.
1: Yes. I'm back. (laughs) Yes. Chuck is back. We're going to kind of do just a brief, this might be part uh, part civics lesson for us, but what we're really going to talk about is something that's been on the lips of a lot of 5th District and just Richmond constituents for the last couple of weeks. And we're going to talk to Chuck about this new suit that he has against uh, current 5th District councilperson Parker still who we like. He's our resident Lorax, but he does good things, but... Mm-hmm. But you moved out of district, and that's a problem. So we're going to talk about that. But before we get too deep into that, we're going to let Chuck do what he does best. And, Chuck, I want you to kind of talk about the history of the 5th District and why the 5th District is so important. So if you don't mind, Chuck, take us down
2: memory lane. All right, I think I can do that. I would be remiss, however, if I did not preface any statements I might have to make without acknowledging that Parker Angelesto has been a friend of mine. I respect him. I think he's done good work. I have come to uh, uh, see him as one of the more effective members of council. I'm not doing this against Parker. I'm doing this in favor of the law. I have said it on a number of occasions that Parker's a pretty fair guy, a pretty decent guy. And I don't think he really intends to do anything of any ill will uh, and certainly not with any malice. I think Parker made a um You know, a human mistake. And uh, what I'm trying to do is uh, impart to the people the significance of following our laws. Mm -hmm. Uh, Parker made a mistake, and I don't mean to be viciously attacking anyone, and certainly Parker knows me better than that. But I think it is important for us to comply with the law. And I don't think too many people are really familiar with the significance of this law.
1: Right. Or the history of the 5th. Or the, or the history of the
2: 5th and the role it has played in what I would call districtism. <laughs> yes,
1: uh, yes. You know,
2: the district, and particularly the 5th district in that regard, has been uh, very important. In, um, in 1970, uh, Richmond annexed 23 square miles of uh, Chesterfield County. And what happened then was that Richmond used to be elected on an at-large basis, which meant that the nine people were elected to Richmond City Council, and the nine highest vote-getters would constitute the Richmond City Council. And out of those nine people, they, among the nine, would vote for the mayor, and that's how we receive the mayor and the, and those nine would hire someone to manage the affairs of Richmond's business they would hire a professional manager to to run the government of the city and those nine people would uh set policies as to how that manager would manage the city and we had what then we called a council manager form of government elected at large. Right. What well, it found that those we discovered that those nine people were the nine richest people in Richmond that mm-hmm. could afford to buy enough advertisement to hire to to buy enough uh, uh publicity, Mm -hmm. newspaper ads, posters, and whatsoever. And ultimately votes. And ultimately votes to get nine of the most wealthy, the most affluent, the most opulent people to city council. Well, we discovered that in that process, the poor people and uh, unfortunately, mostly black people were excluded From the process of being elected local government, because they all lived in impacted areas, which were the poorer sections of town, which did not have an opportunity to get elected to local government, which did not have an opportunity to have input in local laws, rules, policies, and this government, even though they were the most (laughs) right, even though they had the majority population. So what happened was, when they annexed twenty-three square miles of Chesterfield County, they did it. Because they realized that the black population in Richmond had grown so much so that it would have overtaken the voting power of the whites. So they annexed 23 square miles of Chesterfield to get more white votes so that on an at-large basis, they could still maintain the majority rule. Right, so they're diluting the black vote. Right. So the United States Supreme Court discovered that what they did was in effect excluded black people from being elected. What the United States Supreme Court as a result of Judge Robert Marriage's decision in Richmond was to divide Richmond up into nine districts so that no matter where you lived, you would have an opportunity to vote for someone from where you lived. So if you lived in that area, you could get elected from that area. And that was the rationale behind having to live, having to be from, having to be, let's say, uh, from that area, Mm -hmm. an inherent citizen living from being in. And, and uh, representing that district and that you in. And representing that district that you lived in. Uh, not moving in to, to get elected and then moving out. Not being there just to get elected and moving out. Not right. being a, a carpet beggar or not being uh, someone to just be in there for the power, but actually representing the people, being of the people. That was the purpose and the rationale for the district system. And Richmond played a very significant role in setting the example nationwide. And when that Happened in Richmond it was critical because we had a majority black population. But we had, uh, when 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 the courts, when the Supreme Court uh, remanded the law back to Richmond, that we had nine districts. We had four definite black-populated voting districts and four definite or uh, white-populated right. mm-hmm. districts. Right. And one district which we call a swing district, which could have gone one way or the other depending upon the voter turnout. That was the fifth district, right. ironically, the district that Parker, Angela, Stowe lives and in. And the district that I lived in and the district from which I was elected in 1977 when the city was so polarized that they said, if a black wasn't elected, blood would run in the streets. And, of course, back then, I had to calm the waters, and I was elected. <laughs> 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 I say that. Duck <laughs> saves the day. I say that at the sufferance of my <laughs> modesty. Uh-huh. Uh, anyway, <laughs> it, it was almost a miracle that a black was elected, but I was elected, and it constituted the first black majority members of city council and the first black mayor. It was a historic day and uh, it, it, it was the reason why when you move into, when you live in a district and you're elected from the district, you remain in that district. It became law, it was law. Every member of council who's ever lived in a district and was elected from that district remained in that district for this tenure. In my brief, I am not attacking Parker. I am simply saying, let's uphold a law that, of course, we all know it's the law. There may be some technical aspects that people may try to find loopholes to get around it, that he was renting, that he had intentions to come back, that he didn't mean to violate the law, that he's a good guy and he ought to stay, that it's a technical thing where he still lives in the city, that the people uh, uh, duly elected him and he ought to have the right to violate the law. But The bottom line is, we all know and realize justification for the law is real it has worked for 41 years it is in the law books i have this, this right here in my hand the listeners can't see it but it says 15.2-1526 is removal. this from the city charter or this is the state code
1: state code okay
2: the state law supersedes any city
1: it code. does we just clarify what it is
2: removal vacates office it's a part of a law that states simply, if any officer required by law of residency to vacate such an office, and then it has a number of wordings in between which are not related to the essence of it. It says, if he removes himself, or is there a remove, his office shall be deemed vacant. Say what?
1: I said what I said.
2: Vacant. Now, that means that what Parker did, Mm -hmm. and I'm not trying to jump on Parker, I'm just simply saying, if we're going to have a law, and if we all recognize it to be the law, without unduly criticizing Parker, we recognize he made a mistake, and for which all of us make mistakes. And I say to people, don't be too critical of Parker and though he made a mistake, but we cannot excuse him of the consequences that legal
1: mistakes have
2: consequences. Problem, and he must answer to it. And we can work with him. I'm willing to help him. I I would probably even help him get reelected if he was in the district. But, but, but he he made a mistake. We just can't overlook that because you know we could we could allow almost everybody to you know pick a day for whichever law you want to ignore. You know, ignore the law day, and everybody has a chance to ignore some law you want. Which one you want in law? You know, I would be in major trouble.
0: Richmond's version of the purge.
2: (laughs) Yeah, you know, I I wish that I wish we had such a law in eighty, in eighty nine, when I was caught. I could say, y'all, I'm Chuck. I'm a nice guy. Can y'all forgive me? There you go. I I got a problem when I was in Vietnam, and I brought it home with me. Can y'all forgive me for this? But that didn't happen, Mm -hmm. and I went to jail. So you know, all of us we make mistakes, we have problems, and we must pay for our mistakes. And I like Parker; he's a good guy, but he made a mistake, and you know we got to work through this. And that's the Fifth District was a critical district because if if we if we if we allow that law to be to be violated and ignore it, it would set a precedent. And the problem is that if this precedent-setting law were to be violated ignore it. I can't imagine what would happen across this country where people who are allowed to live, uh, to violate and move out of, move in districts get elected and move out. The kind of chaos that would be created across this country where people because they had money could move in and just to offset the balance of powers, it would be horrific and a, a, a political disaster. Because in some districts where poor people live and don't have money, no one would ever get elected.
1: And no one might not be able to represent. I think one of the problems with this process that I think you hear from a lot of community activists concerning this, and it's not necessarily an attack on Parker or Parker's character, but because of the history of this district as it being the 5th district, I'm sure we'd still be having this conversation if it was the 3rd or the 7th or the ninth or whatever, but we're actually not having it about those districts. (laughs) We're having it about the 5th, and the 5th has historically been that swing district because of you know, the history of what it is. You know, there's been plenty of whispers about other people who may or may not live outside of their district, but no one has felt the need to call those people out or even get to the point of where I guess they felt like they could substantiate that with actual um, proof or data. But we had a person, um, which in this case, who actually has previously worked for Parker and has helped him um, with I think, on his campaign. Yeah. And this person who's Mike Brown, he, Michael Brown, he approached him and said, hey, I understand that you've moved out of your district. And to my, to our understanding, we don't know, we weren't there, but hearsay is he asked him, you know, I'm going to go forward and say something about this if you don't make a statement or do something right he was given the opportunity before right. anything
0: yeah. came out to shape his own narrative and to shape his narrative and make, it, to yep, make a to be quiet I don't so...
1: think I don't,
2: I don't think it can be I don't think you can take that for granted or like that. I it I have to I would be remiss if I did not acknowledge that Mike Brown deserves a lion's share of credit because Mike actually brought me into the process Mike Brown really was the one who initiated and spearheaded this movement.
1: Yeah, and he talked and he he talked to Parker and he gave Parker Right kind of a heads up and said, This is what you know, this is my problem. This is right. not just my problem. This is an issue for all of your constituents as you no longer live in this district. And I think it just added insult to injury actually for him to have him moved to have the worked, first district. Right. right. I mean, it's a major optics so issue yeah. here. It's a major <laughs> optics issue to move to the first district, the which richest is the first, district that, you know, mm-hmm. the the most white and the and the most, you know, affluent district And Mike that we have. did it
2: on a basis of a principle. He, he did he, it. He, he, it he was principle. He respected principled. the law, and he right. said it was nothing personal. Right. It was simply a matter of This is the law, and no matter who you are... uh, You still have to follow the law. Right. You have to follow the law. He gave him
1: a heads up. He gave him a heads up, and he told him. And
2: he asked Beverly Burton... Uh Uh-huh. Uh, another constituent of the fifth district, and Mike followed all the rules. And 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 Mike is much more diplomatic than I am. And, <laughs> and Mike talked to me, and he said, "Chuck, you gotta learn to be uh, patient. You yeah. have to be, you have to be methodical, and you have." To, and I said, "Mike, I understand, and I appreciate your leadership, and I appreciate you bringing this out. But I'm getting a little warm." And Mike right. talked, and he worked, <laughs> and I said, "I'm tired, Mike. I'm tired." And I called Mike a couple of times. And I just man, I'm dropping the suit, and I dropped the suit, and when Mike looked up, he. Said, said, Chuck, what's going on? Yeah. I said, I don't know, Mike, but I'm dropping the suit. Come on, let's go. Oh, goodness. <laughs> now, and now, you know, we have the suit going, and anybody right. can join in. But I just think we talk, and we talk, but I, I thought that we may be waiting too long, and Parker thought that as long as we didn't do anything of any significance, that we would just wait and let everything die down, and before you know it, we'll be sitting there, and in two years, we're gone. Be gone, yeah. And he will have actually gotten away with breaking a law, and we, you know how we are, we will eventually forget something. And I think that the irony of this, and I feel real bad about this because I don't think Parker is even aware of it, but I think Parker is doing something that I, Marty Jewell, Willie Dell Speak on it. Claudette McDaniel, Henry Marsh. I don't think uh, Reverend Michael Jones, mm-hmm. Cynthia Newbill. Even the ones who we hear rumors about don't live in the district. None of us, as black members of council, would have ever dreamed of telling people, "I don't live in the district. I'm moving out." Oh and, well. And 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 there's nothing you can do. And I don't care about your law. That smacks of white privilege. Yes. And I don't think Parker means any harm, but I don't think he's even aware of what that message sends to us. It says, for slavery for so long has beaten black people into the respect Of a law that we would never think about disobeying something that he takes for granted. Our wounds from slavery has told us, "Don't you defy our law?" But Parker, being white, thinks that it's all right for him to move out of his district, disrespect the law, and do what he chooses without realizing that it's a law that we still fear. That you cannot violate the man's law and expect there be no ramifications. We respect that law, so uh, the Reverend. Jones and Cynthia Newbill and those of us who, who respect the law, we jump through hoops proving that we're in, in, uh, in, in compliance with the law. But Parker says, well, look, look, I don't live in the district, and I know it's the law, but to hell with your law. I'm going to do what I want to do. And he does not even himself realize that that smacks of racism and, 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 and white privilege. And he he's not aware of the fact that it does not say, I don't hate black people but I still think I can do things you cannot do.
0: Those noises you hear in the background, like that, that's Chuck being all emphatical and whatnot. And I can't remove them, but that's okay. Because we like it when Chuck gets fired up.
1: And I think that's, that is the vein of the issue that I've heard from so many people in the community. They that won't are stay, not even,
2: They won't say it out loud they because out they loud. think people condemn them for calling what it is, what it is.
1: And on top of that, Parker is so likable. And it he makes is. That's why I said I don't is. think he's
2: even aware of right. it. He's, he's so likable
1: and he's a good guy. We love him right. here. But he doesn't know the damage he's doing. Right. He I don't think he's necessarily understanding how people are reading his, his message, his behavior. His behavior. And and it says and people I've heard other people argue he knows exactly what he's doing because when you think he realized? Well, let me let me tell you why what the argument that was given to me. I don't necessarily agree with it, but I don't know what to think yet. But so as we said before Mike Brown you know approached him and said you know I'm going to come I'm going to come public with this if you don't do something about it what are you going to do and Parker's response he did not announce that he had moved out of the district he announced that he would not be running, running for, seeking re-election. for re-election after his sec- second term and so that's like well is that a concession to I know that I'm wrong and what do you think oh what do I think
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I, but you're white and I'm asking you about the do do
0: uh, Is, does it smack of white privilege indeed and racism indeed he knows I don't know if Parker knows. There are at this point, people he's got to know, that, right? Other people are I telling him, right? there
2: are a lot of white people who think that they're kind, mm-hmm. that they like black people, that they have not a the like to you Have you heard this saying that there's not a racist bone in my body? Yeah. But look at the meat. <laughs> look at the meat. Oh, gosh. So, you know, I, I'm just saying I'm not sure he is aware of the fact that he has an underlying subliminal attitude yeah. that even he knows sends messages right. that hurt us.
1: Subconsciously, for he may not even be realizing what he's doing. In all these right. weeks, when though, I,
0: you don't think anybody's pointed it out to him? Well, that's that's what if I was you just You think he's at. just not, like, grokking it. Like, he just doesn't. That's
2: what I was getting When it. I like, went to the city registrar's office in 1985... And she said, Mr. Richardson, you can give up your city council seat because you're going to be vacating your seat if you move out of the 5th. That message was sent to me, and I said, well, I'm not going to break that law.
1: I'll stay here, yeah.
2: That message was not sent to Parker Angelesto. So I'm wondering, why, why hasn't he gotten that message that I received so succinctly, so explicitly, and so clearly? Miss Alice Lynch, the registrar at that time, yeah. gave me that message. What's so know. vague about the law now that he doesn't understand that he is no longer a qualified voter in the fifth district that he now represents as a councilman. And I think that's part of it. So
1: you've got some pieces I've heard people defending him with the city charter, which doesn't say anything about the residency. But then you've got other pieces that actually talk about in order for you to be a registered voter, which I think can happen through a hearing. They can actually have a hearing, decide whether he's actually qualified to vote in the fifth district, which he would not be if he's living in the first. And if you can't vote in your district, you can't hold office in that district.
0: Side note, you can vote in whatever district you're registered to vote in. And I believe since he still owns the house in the fifth district that he is renting out, he was probably registered at that address and is using that as a loophole. Just my two cents.
1: Which is my understanding of of what I've well, seen. Well, he's also sitting there. He's a constituent of his, one of his colleagues. One of his colleagues, yeah. And well, that's it, also a problem. I think I think that he knows. I think at this point, he sh- if he doesn't, he should know at this point that his silence is not going to. And I, this is the I think this is the part two that people are having issue with. And so I'll say it for as good and nice as Parker is, it that does not circumvent him breaking the law. And so now that you realize that you've done something, and clearly you must have known that it wasn't, you know. Copastatic because you didn't announce it, you didn't say anything about it, and even when you were secret,
0: squirrelling that stuff for months and yeah, months.
1: Yeah, and you and, and then his defense was, you know, kind of. He hasn't made a whole lot of statements, but he said, you know, well, I didn't sell my house. I'm just I'm renting it. We're I'm gonna, gonna move, move back. back, and then you That's know, it's not it,
2: valid any longer. Right. That was I looked it up under the law. At one time, it would have been covered under a clause called floating intention, but the time frame has passed and he can no longer be covered it does not mitigate so the attention what's
1: the what's the time what's the time limit that on was that was the
2: federal uh, law, uh, when you were in between a time frame. But he has rented that home out. He's purchased another home. Yes. And it simply does not cover him. He has no intention now of moving back. And he has uh, e- e- uh, e- eliminated any coverage under that clause.
1: To to be uh, able to hold a seat. My, I guess my question, Chuck, and maybe you can tell me how you feel about that or why you think, you know, why haven't we had any type of discourse or response from his fellow council members. Uh,
2: I'm trying to be fair and I don't want to make allegations Mm -hmm. but I'm not asking. That's why the former Attorney General, Anthony Troy, he argued that my case would not go forward because I didn't have the names. And if he had read my brief carefully, because I'm proceeding pro se, which means without a lawyer, but it doesn't mean because I'm not a lawyer that I'm stupid. So so this, we'll take this as a moment to say
1: any lawyer, practicing lawyer that in Richmond, who would like to lend their services pro bono. Yes. Hey, Mr. Chuck, please give us a call. We'll Anybody who would like to you. offer
2: their services for, in the name of law. Yeah. I'm simply trying to make sure that we send messages. See, because law and order doesn't mean law and order for tank top criminals. Law and order means law and order from the top to the bottom. White collar crime, blue collar crime, and tank top crimes. Not just people who are involved with a crime or. Of- drugs and, and shoplifting, but people who up an office and figure out ways to embezzle people and charge poor people excessive taxes and yeah. rental fees and, and, you know, things like that. Everybody who's got a, a mind uh, to make other people pay and hurt, those are criminals too. And, you know, whether Parker wants to violate a big crime or a small crime, a crime is a crime, and my message is to let's say we want to maintain compliance with the law as to how people get elected because this district law enabled people like those who sit on council now who are unwilling to speak out this law allowed them to become elected to an office that they otherwise would never have had the opportunity to sit in the powers of in their positions of power. They would have never had this opportunity and yet today they choose to be silent. They have and, privilege and they forget themselves.
0: They forget ahead. who their boss is, which is us. Right,
2: right. The next move would be and I'm not I'm not I'm not pushing for the council to do the thing because this is a case which is why I filed this Case for a declaratory judgment. I'm not filing it as a political move to get the constituents to do anything. I'm filing it so that the judge would make a lawful decision as to whether or not he violated one of our uh, statutes under the state law. Once they make that decision, the judge makes that decision, then the counsel will then have to enforce that law. If Parker violated the state statute by moving, the council's role is to fill that vacancy, which the state law would require them to render a decision that the seat was vacated. And the council has to operate with a full nine members. And that means they would have filled that vacancy with a member of, of the 5th District with someone who is a, a citizen and a resident and a, reg- a registered qualified voter in the 5th District.
1: In the 5th District, yeah. So what, Chuck, people, a lot of people have been texting us and tweeting us questions and things, and one of them was Chuck served for a long time.
2: 19 years.
1: What is his benefit to doing this? People are like, why is Chuck the one who's doing this, I guess, and why not someone else? What do you say to that?
2: My only benefit is the satisfaction of knowing that, that the law treats all people equally my mother told me when i was a kid when i integrated henrico high school i received so much abuse from the white students and the only thing that kept me from going crazy was that she told me when i would when they called me the n-word when my locker was burned when they used to beat me in the bathroom and burn crosses in my yard and when i heard a teacher said if you hit somebody and you didn't kill him if it was a black person. He didn't use that word black, but in front of the whole class, mm. he used the N-word. And I felt so bad, I shrunk down in the seat. And he didn't know I was in the class because I was light-complexed and he couldn't tell. The whole class burst into laughter. I felt so small, I could only go home and tell my mother. When I told her that, she said, Chuck, and she believed in Jesus. Everything's... Evolved around Jesus. She uh-huh. said, Baby, you are strong, and God picked you to shoulder these problems. He knows, and you got to put your faith in Jesus. This is what she told me. And I was like, Mama, come on now. She said, I need something that's going to keep me from getting my said, butt whooped. I said, Mama, you don't know how it is standing up there. <laughs> Jesus didn't hear these boys telling me to do She said you are strong and Jesus will give you the strength not to hate those Mm -hmm. who would do harm to you. She said, you cannot let them know it hurts you because you will prove them right that you are different. And you can't let them know that. And if you tell them these things, you're going to scare those little other black kids from wanting to go to Henrico. You must keep these things to yourself. And you must carry this burden because you're as good as anybody else. And when my mother told me that, I grew up with it. And she told me I was as good as Parker. And if I get kicked out of my district for moving, then Parker has to stand to that same measure because my mother was right. And that's the satisfaction I get out of filing this suit. That if Chuck Richardson had to get kicked out of his district and suffer consequences, my mother told me the truth. That I was as equal and as good and as decent as anyone else. And every man has to stand to that same test. Because my mother was not smart. She was brilliant.
0: You are listening to another fire episode of RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania on WRIRLP 97.3 FM Richmond
1: Independent Radio. Well, Melissa, what do you think? can't follow that. <laughs> <laughs> Me neither. Your, your mama was brilliant. I can't follow it either. I, I just think that I, I hope, and I hope that I know Parker listens to us sometimes, and Parker's our friend, and we love Parker, but I hope that Parker hears this and understands that this is not necessarily a, a attack on this is not it's not necessarily it is not a attack on his character it's about right is right and wrong is wrong
0: and full understanding full understanding of the law full understanding yeah. of the implications full understanding of the history and the context of the I district think the and context, the law
1: the context is what's so strong makes so much for yeah. black people right now in this city the context of the fifth district council person who happens to be white at this moment who has overwhelmingly beat all of his opponents in the last two elections, the election that got him actually elected for his first term, as well as the past election, and for the you know seat that he's sitting in now, and so here we have a white person who's sitting in this seat that, in a historical swing district that was so important to Richmond, that got our first majority black council and first black mayor chosen
2: because of the and district. Because
1: system. of the district system, it's just kind of a big smack in the face. For a lot of black people, because you moved out of the district, but to add insult to injury, you moved to the first. To the district. first,
0: and you're
2: yeah. So you're you're wealthy ironic.
0: enough it's, to buy a house in the first and keep a house and keep a house in, in the, the fifth. fifth. Yet you are representing people who have neither of those
1: things. I, right. I, I think that's uh, that's the part that I think. We all know and we want to say, but, you know, it kind of reflects it. It almost reflects poorly on Parker, but it's not about reflecting poorly on Parker. It doesn't say anything other than this is a mistake that needs to be fixed. And it's not something that can be allowed to, you know, just, just pass on. I, I think, but I think
2: the bottom line is that a lot, you know, education solves a lot of problems. Yeah. Message! And I think a lot of people, black and white, are not aware of a lot of these aspects of this. A lot of right. people don't know the in-depth background. A lot of people don't understand the significance of the law. A lot of people, black and white, don't know the pain I feel. they are not aware of the kind of insults that his behavior implies. A lot of people are not aware of these technical things, of these aspects of of, of this law, so once people begin to learn the significance and the impact uh, and the information behind why the law was created, what solution it served, because we held up we held up elections in Richmond for seven years,
0: seven to, five to years come up with the to solution. Fix this, to
2: this, fix this was not a haphazard decision. This was a decision that came to as a result of seven years. Yeah delayed elections.
1: Yes, which was a big deal. And when they made
2: that decision, they had divided the city up into nine equal parts. And they didn't mean for you to move in the district, get elected, and then disperse. That law, and I'm sorry that the city attorney, was not wise enough to exercise that wisdom and courageous enough to pass it on to the council members. I think he he really, he, he succumbed to the political pressures and just did what he thought was expedient instead of doing what he should have known to have been the courageous thing to do and tell his council members who were his bosses that you must live in the district that you elected in and you must retain those seats instead of wimping out and trying to play politics. I think that was part of the problem problem. And, uh, you know, when you don't stand up for what you know to be right, uh, he he played the political game. And, uh, you know, like I told you all earlier, uh, my mother didn't teach me that way because she had a higher power that she pushed into me. And I didn't understand everything she told me, but, but I grasped the the, the fundamentals of it and and, and, and that, that's what I'm getting out of fighting for this because I am i don't have any aspirations to go back into politics only if they forced some temporary duty on me but man, I don't have any need to go back into this no So sir. anybody out there pushing that I'm trying to move up I'm 70 years old now I don't have any need to move up
0: no, no Mm-mm. Mm-mm. no, no no, no, no No! Hell no!
2: No! No! I refuse... No! No, it's
1: just about right. What's right now? President, former president, Chris Hilbert actually asked the city attorney to look into Agilesto's move. Mm -hmm. And he was supposed to research that and see if it would impact any votes on city council at that time. But nothing has happened since that request. So I think what you're asking for is now since that action didn't happen um, with the city attorney, you're now going to go above that and go straight with this this case to have a judge look into how his move is unlawful. Is that right?
2: Well, the city council didn't respond. I sent a letter to them.
1: Right, and they didn't say anything.
2: They didn't respond. They
1: haven't haven't made any sort of public statement. Right. As far as we know, Chris Hilbert asked the city attorney to do it.
2: I sent a letter to them letting them know that that as long as Mr. Angelesto's voting status is in question, the city is in some danger of being vulnerable to legal Exposure, you know, if his vote is ever on the what you would call the deciding factor. deciding vote, uh, that vote could be questioned whether it's on the school board budget or new coming development, because of his status, or personnel, right? Personnel, employment, salaries, teacher raises, police salaries, anything. If his vote is a deciding vote, it could be pretty. Uh, pretty dangerous. And they should clarify that as soon as possible because we're not sure one way or the other. We're not sure one way or the other. And the thing to do is to at least clarify the status of his voting disposition.
0: Do you think that if you're elected to an office in a districted situation, you know, you represent a specific district, do you think it's important for that representative to know the history, learn it of that district so that things like this maybe wouldn't happen. So they know think, why it's historically significant. Yeah,
1: that do you think Parker knows the history of his district? And
2: Does he know what?
1: Does he know the history of his district? What she's saying is, you know, do you think we would have this problem if Parker maybe knew and understood the history of his district and understood the context of this issue? And I mean, I would clearly say no. Like, clearly he doesn't. Because I
0: feel like if you're going into a situation where you've been elected to represent a specific group of people in a specific ward or district, you should know the history of that district before you take your
2: seat. In my uh, brief, uh, in the text of my lawsuit, I described the district. And the one aspect of the suit that I covered was, was the geographic location and what the district covers and the large array of housing that he had access to that was equal to or greater than the home he purchased on Franklin Street. So had he conducted due diligence, he would have known that the great access to the homes on behind the carillon, on the Broken Broad properties, beautiful homes, north side of the of the of the James River the large beautiful victorian homes in in woodland heights the the lots and newly built homes in randolph the homes in the fan district that are available for renovation and some of them equal to and greater than the footage that he purchased there is such a large variety of homes uh in the fifth district that if he had just looked He could have found adequate housing in the 5th District to have remained in that district. And I just think that Parker, I don't know if if we—it's almost disingenuous to think that he really tried to stay in the 5th if you look at the the homes and if you look at the— Access he had to a great variety of homes in the 5th District. And so
1: far, that's what he's, that, that's that been kind of his response is the fact that he moved was because he needed a bigger home for his family.
0: You can find those homes in the 5th
1: District.
2: Oh, we have the, some of the best homes in the city in the 5th District around Bird Park. If you go up to Bird Park and look around the Carillon and look around uh the old Maymount area and behind the Carillon, all along the James River where, where we're redeveloping, right, uh, doesn't and get, get more beautiful Raw than product, that. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. We've got the great, great variety of homes.
1: So basically what we're saying is if he wanted to stay in the 5th, he could have found a bigger house in the 5th.
2: I told him to get around it. I would have rented one of my rooms to him, and he could have gotten around that law <sighs> if he really wanted to remain legal. The right. issue is not so much the house he lived in, but the issue here is the fact that he so callously ignored a law. As if it really didn't matter. Well, maybe he did callously do it
1: because I mean, my my only issue is I mean, I find him to be a great person, but we all do. For, Look, everyone people, does, but yeah. it doesn't even matter.
0: Like for that, to it say, doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, for people to say, well, you know, his intentions were just to find a bigger home for his family. Well, we well, got a lot of those. But if, if you everywhere. if you didn't know if you didn't know that what you were doing was wrong, it wouldn't have been kept a secret, maybe. Right. It wouldn't, what? You, it wouldn't have been kept a secret. And then after you were told, I know what you did, and I'm going to say something about it, you still choose not to say anything. But
2: Mike Brown had talked with the— uh, That's what I'm saying.
1: Mike, yeah, Brown, Mike Brown told him. Mike Brown had him, warned
2: him. Mike Brown told him, I'm going to go forward. And, 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 and with the— And, with the, with the, and he with still the, chose to say the nothing. the voter registration office that Mike submitted with Beverly Burton, and he asked me to sign my name onto—with all of that going on, you you would have thought that— he Still would have had a statement Parker. Okay. would have at least responded in good faith to that. I think Mike took a pretty honorable route in giving yeah. him an opportunity. But yeah, after that it was pretty clear that he had no intentions of, of uh of responding respectfully. And, and that now...
1: that's the part that I think out of all of this, I could see him moving. I could see him wanting to send his you know, wanting to do whatever he was doing, you know, I don't know if he moved for Whatever the call, the real the mm-hmm. reason is that he moved. But after all of that was said and done, and now it's been acknowledged that what even if he wasn't aware that mm-hmm. this was not okay, now that you've been told you still don't have a response. Right and still haven't you, made a statement. Uh,
0: you owe your constituents a
1: response. Yeah. Period. That's I think that's that's the thing that kind of sticks me just a bit, because for as great as, as Parker is, I'm a little disappointed in that that he hasn't at least acknowledged his constituents. And actually what he said in several articles was reported that um, he said he would not be resigning. He has no intentions of resigning his seat and that he's actually been given lots of encouragement not to. So who is that? Who's encouraging him not to resign? I wonder, you but know, very
0: good question. Yeah. If anybody has any answers to that, please let us know at RVA Dirt across all social
1: media. Yeah. Who's who's telling him not to vacate his seat? Because it, 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 that would incur that. People are encouraging him to ignore the law that governs. Right, us. right. Yeah, and that, if he's
0: that, so that, good that, that and so for like... the people, then why would why would he continue to do this without any sort of explanation yeah. well, whatsoever? He's saying that people are, are, and it are sounds encouraging like,
2: him. It sounds like that's coming for good, law-abiding citizens are saying, "Don't." It sounds like they're saying, "Look, yeah. don't obey the law."
1: Yeah, don't obey the law. Don't.
2: That's that's kind of a bad example to set for those people who profess to be law abiding, you know, for people who are usually these are law and order people.
0: When this first came out, I was like, "Oh, he's got to have a really good reason." Yeah. He's got to have a great reason.
1: And I had my fingers crossed that he right. wasn't going to say something crazy like well, the best schools are in the first district. And I was going to be like, oh, gosh. I was hoping it wasn't something like that, which he hasn't said, but, you know.
0: But there's no real plausible explanation at all, and it's been months and months and months.
1: Yeah. That's
0: just rude,
1: Parker. (laughs) Parker. the last thing i've ever known parker to be is rude so i just need you to fix it like come on make a statement buddy
2: has parker agreed to come on and talk about it
1: no we haven't we haven't talked to him about it yet
2: i I've, think Well, the thing get... is,
0: is that we have we're doing a series of getting everybody from each district in to talk about their district so and he's he'll gonna get come his anyway. turn i'm sure he'll agree to that but i mean it's not like we wouldn't ask him.
1: We haven't asked him about to come on specifically for this because we're going through each district. So we already did the first district. We already Done did the, the second. second.
0: We've, we're getting the third lined up, and then it'll be the fourth, and then Parker well, will have his turn. Well, see if he willing
2: to come on to speak about my district. <laughs> <You're>, <laughs> the I district I that you Tell him I represent my district, and I'm perfectly willing to speak. And. <laughs> <laughs> on, on behalf of my district, since there's no right now, there's no one there to represent it. If, oh um, I've been on twice, and if he wants to, he can come in. And, oh uh, pro- as a representative from the 1st District, he can come in and speak oh. on behalf of the 5th District if he would like to. Oh gosh. I'd like to know his feelings since he's moved out. I don't know oh. how he feels now if it's just changed his opinion. He? Oh. So he's welcome to come on. I, I, don't, I don't mind.
0: Oh gosh. Chuck is now our booking
1: agent. Yes.
2: I beg your
0: so Chuck is now our booking agent. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah I think we're, we're going to have, of course, he'll be on to talk about that. And if
0: he decides that he would like to come on our show and speak on it before his district yeah, episode. He certainly can. Parker, you are more than welcome uh-huh. to come anytime you like and speak on anything you want up to and including this.
1: Because we got a million questions and we would love for you to answer them, please.
0: We'll bring cookies. We'll make it a little <laughs> bit call, easier. I
2: called him a couple of times and I asked him if, if there's any way we could settle this without having to. I think uh, I think that eventually when people start to say, look, here's the law and the law is clear. I think when that happens, and I don't want to be presumptuous. I don't want to be arrogant and I don't want to sound like I know it all but when the law is clearly read and this law is just it's it's just too clear it's not a complicated thing i think he may realize that it's right here it's written
0: well it's a common sense thing though you run to represent a district a specific district a specific set of people you need to stay within it because once you leave you are not connected to those people anymore
1: Well, you know, I think one of the one of the fence, I'm not speaking in his defense. I'm, we're just talking about things that we've that we've heard during this conversation um, in the community. One of the things that have people have brought to my attention is that I really think that Parker did it and he thought he'd get away with it because other council people are doing it. And that has opened up and that's opened up a conversation yes. about it. We had, um, you know, flashback to uh, city our last city council meeting. Uh, Reva Trammell spoke up and pretty much insinuated that basically if you rent your house in your district, that that makes you in some way, shape or form um, incapable of <laughs> representing your district. I know
0: Reva's got some sort of <laughs> thing against renters. There was a whole lot of anti renter There was rhetoric, a lot right? of anti It's unacceptable.
1: And then she she said it. She said it. She insinuated that that was kind of you know, directed at Kristen Lawson, and that kind of came out.
0: And then she took swipes at Cynthia and Mike, uh-huh. um, which prompted Cynthia to make a statement right. saying that yes, because she just because she owns a house in Henrico doesn't mean that she doesn't reside <laughs> in the seventh district because she still owns her house
1: there. Right. So the fact that we have we have to have this kind of conversation in and of itself on at a council meeting. On the floor, on the floor of a, you know, an active council meeting is that tells us something about the culture that we have. Man, right that was now. the shade brigade. Man, I mean, it was. <laughs> that was the. That was a. That was a. And Chuck Ooh. wasn't even there. I was like, man, Chuck usually brings the the, the fire like this at I council meetings. I know you weren't meetings. there that Monday, but you weren't even there last Monday. When. A Council meeting. What happened? It was a mess in there. It was a catty mess. Back and forth, back and forth. Reva was just. Well, uh, you know how you know, Reva comes out of the gate all aggressive. Yeah, she came you out. Know. Reva accused. Reva said she doesn't know what the big deal is and why people just don't leave Parker alone. Because he owns, he owns a house. At he least owns his house. He owns Now he owns
0: two within she, they the city limits. A debate
1: over it. They talked about it. and Well, she brought it up in her personal.
0: It wasn't much of a debate. Yeah, as it much was much of a one sided shade
1: fest. She said, <laughs> Give me a peek.
2: Give me a T. E. Give me a T. T. Y. I'm petty all
1: the time. She said, <laughs> I, I wanna make she said, I wanna make, you know, a, a, a comment, you know, that's been on me and I'm just gonna talk about it. She's like, I just don't see what the big deal is about Parker. He owns his house. This what he she owns said. two. He owns two houses and we have people that sit on council that don't own any houses that represent their district. They rent at their the house that they live in, in their district. And I just think that... And she know, intimated that that made them somehow less than... Le, yeah, less than capable of representing their district. And so then she she said, well, you know, Mike doesn't live in his district and, you know... She said that. She, yes! She,
0: said she was that just that like... Cynthia whoopsh,
1: whoopsh, just yeah.
0: throwing <laughs> it out everywhere. Like... She was <laughs> seeing wherever it stuck. Yep. Yeah. Cynthia was like, I'm not having this mess from you yeah. and made Cynthia. a statement about it right you know right
1: during her stuff and mm-hmm. <sighs> and that's the only and so that was right but
0: the thing is is that we're getting hot messy at the beginning we're still
1: of not talking about the second
0: two years we're not we're not talking about the actual issue here but we're not talking about the other issues work isn't getting done because these people are b-
1: <laughs> at each other all yep, the time they're catting about stuff and and we still you know she brings this up and council still doesn't have a formal discussion nobody on... yet, they
0: didn't have a discussion
1: they let it go Parker Parker. didn't
0: say anything Mike didn't say I mean they just let it go like everybody let it go
2: and Reeve was the only one
1: Oh yes. Lord. Yeah, she brought it up and she just said, "I have something I want to get off my chest." And I oh. and I can't. Was it was it before Mike? Was it before Mike Brown made his statement, or was it after? It was after.
2: It was after. So oh, did so, Mike Brown speak? Yes. He came to public
1: comment. He came to public, he public, went to public, comment. public
2: information out. He
0: pay, he came to public and he, comment. he asked for Parker to either resign or for counsel, counsel to, to ask him ask to do him do to do so.
2: And so that's and when there was no response to none. It. none. And Reva was the only one that said something. Yes. yes. And she wanted to get something off of her chest. Yeah, I,
1: wanna...
0: <laughs> I know it was a hot mess. Like that, that meeting was just. As a matter of fact, <laughs> like you know, <laughs> she
1: said what? She brought she brought up someone else who she says is her friend, so we can only assume it was her neighbor sitting beside her because she. Kind of looked over at her, but Kriva Graham. Yeah, yeah, she said, you know, well, my other friend is is has maybe has lived out of her, or is being forced to move out of her district. You know, but that's a different situation, and it's like, mm, who was she talking no, about?
2: She's
0: talking about Kim Gray.
1: She's talking about Kim.
2: Kim.
0: Yeah. So basically, Reva took that moment to stir up all the yeah. shit she could, and then be like, screw you guys,
1: I'm going home. Yeah. Like S- stir all just- the <laughs> that moment and still no no council discussion no real discussion yeah
0: and and while we're doing this Somebody who maybe should not be representing people is representing people, and we're not getting work done.
1: And we're not doing We're not anything.
0: having real discussions about other issues, no. and so things are just hanging about while we're you know
2: bickering about who
0: can
1: hear each other on the mic.
2: There is a difference between the, uh, uh, an official uh, violation of the law where someone has openly shown contempt for the law and scoff laws— scoff laws are people who scoff at the law, but try to find ways to get around it. And they don't serve as official public examples, whereas an official individual who served as public example advertises uh, his uh, contempt for the law and encourages other people to do so. So I think uh, Reva's point is taken, but I don't think she goes uh, too far in trying to make good.
0: Well, she wasn't trying to do any social justicing. Yeah, there. No,
2: she
1: definitely wasn't <laughs> on the on the side of the people on this one. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness, but
0: she, that's uh, okay. it was just it was just stirring for stirring sake. Yep, mm-hmm. true
1: in true Reva fashion. <laughs> do we have anything? Well,
2: else? I called Reva and she said. She didn't want to talk about it and hung up on me. Yep,
1: mm-hmm. I'm not
0: surprised. Oh well, that's very kind of her. Because as far as I know, she tells everyone every council meeting that her phone is wide open and she's willing to talk to anyone. And here's her personal number she, that I she gives out every day. Said, so she hung Reba, up I've on you. I called I called you,
2: and you've always been open to talk with me. And I said I called you before, and I said you haven't accepted my call. And she said, I said, I wanted to talk to you about this Parker Angelesto situation. She said, I don't want to talk about it. and hung up on me.
0: Mm. Oh, well, let me remind council folks again <clears throat> that yes, you represent a specific district, but you also represent all of the citizens oh, of oh, the city of you Richmond. Don't, you
1: don't have to announce that to Riva because, remember, she was getting texts and calls from people. From
0: everyone, right? From
1: everyone that night, even though the issue at hand at the time, which was in oh. Kristen's district, had nothing to do with oh, her. Oh, so this but...
0: only applies to Chuck, then? Yeah, maybe. Okay.
1: Because she was getting oh. texts and calls all night.
0: Oh. Remember?
2: Yeah. Isn't that something?
1: Hmm. Well, you know, when you lie with dogs, you get fleas. Hmm? That's, That's what my right. mama told me. But
2: she want no dog, I tell you.
1: No, he somebody else, no. she was lying with the, with the dog. Yeah, she was lying no with the dog. She was lying with
2: the dog. Oh, Here you go, Pop, go. All right, It'll so we got one away.
1: more. We got one more question before you go. All right. And this was just sent to us. You know, one of the criticisms that has come from what's the cause or what's the benefit out of pursuing Parker like this, people, you know, are saying, Well, is this just to help the mayor to get votes for the Coliseum? Ah, my I'm just saying, this is this is I criticism understand. because if Parker is, is taking you know, off.
2: People can come up with some of the most unadulterated kids that- <laughs> Is it illegal for me to say hard no. on this program? No. Go ahead, baby. That is such hard. <laughs> you know, my, I told you when I told you what my mama told me about mm-hmm. myself.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: That is why I am pursuing this, that this, you don't let people send messages mm-hmm. that you are less than. Most People in this city ought to understand that under democracy you fight for your dignity, you fight for your integrity, you fight for those intangible things that make you who and what you are and I try to tell my little black kids grandkids and that they are equal to and as much as any other human being walking they 100% are believe that if they're going to make the most out of themselves that's true and in this city if black folk are going to believe the best about themselves they've got to see it work in reality they've got to see people stand up to say, Mr. Angelesto, we have elected officials who are as good as you are. Right. And if they have to stand to a test or a measure of a law equal to what you have to stand to. So do you. We all have to stand to that measure of law. And that's the only way we are going to be equal. And that's the only way people are going to see us, including our children, as being equal. And if I don't make you stand to that test of equality, then they'll think we're just giving them liberty service. That's right. So when I see you trying to get away with something that I can't get away with, I'm sending a false message to my children. And when my children see us all having to stand to the same test, then they'll know our words have earned in them. Mm. And I want my children, and I have two of them now, great-grandchildren, to see that they are as good and equal to, in the eyes of man and under the laws of man, they are equal to anybody else, and the law sees them. And that's why I am pursuing this law. No other reason. Uh It's got nothing to do with the coliseum and nothing else. And people with that, like I said, unadulterated horse Take it to somewhere else, because oh, I'm not going to let you just say it and get away with it. Yeah. It's got to do with the law, and I read the law right here. Yep. i pull it out again. Last time, I'm going to tell you all about this. And, and, the, and the idiot, Wait, my... Wait, Chuck, why are you beating it, up, on, it, Chuck, what what you you beating up on us now? It is light right here. Any person living or residing thereunder, it she shall be moved, deceit or position to... From that office shall be deemed vacant. That's it. That is the state statute and the law. I'm trying to follow the law, and if a judge decides that what Mr. Angelesto did is consistent with that law, I can't say nothing. If he finds that it's inconsistent, then, you know, then Parker has vacated his seat. I don't know how a judge can read this and his actions and any other way, yeah. you yeah. see the bottom line that's in yellow. I see. I don't see how he can read that in any other way when he moved out of his district.
1: He knows. He knows. Well, Chuck, we're going to let you go with this because we know you got a hot date to get to. We appreciate you coming on our show. As always, you know we love you, and you're invited to come back anytime.
2: All right. Thank you so much. You're welcome.
1: Thank you so much for joining us. Now that we've had this hearty discussion, you guys hit us up on all platforms at RVA Dirt for further discussion, comments, other questions, criticism, all that stuff. We want it. Yep. And... Oh,
0: and and this week, though, you're going to have bonuses in the podcast
1: platform. Yep. So
0: please be paying attention, looking out for that, because that
1: is some lit shit. It's lit. We got some extra convo with Chup. He talks to us, lays it on the line. So listen in for that to our loyal listeners. But as always, we're here. We're talking. Flint still has dirty water. Sure he does. RPS is still not fully funded, and Richmond is most certainly still racist, but... We're working on it. Talk to you all next week. Thank you for listening to RVA Dirt's Municipal Mania every Wednesday
0: at 11 a.m. on WRIRLP, 97.3 FM, Richmond, Independent Radio.